the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Yes, it is, and welcome back as we head into Hour 2 this Friday, May 27th, 2022, heading into Memorial Day weekend. We check in every Friday this election year with George Kaloff. He is, among other things, the president at Data Orbital Consulting and the managing partner of the Resolute Group. He is uh, the finest mind in political consulting that I know, and we are delighted he uh, is our friend and joins us every Friday. George, welcome back. Thank you, sir, for being with us. Thank you, those for having me, Steph. You betcha. Uh, we've talked about happier and more pleasant things, obviously. Um, but as a political issue, you know, I've just been kind of astounded at what the Democrats plan on making their key issue going into November. And it almost seems like they have very little and thus seize on the crisis du jour. Uh, so a couple of, what, about a month and a half ago, I thought it was going to be them going out on abortion issue uh, and campaigning big, big time on abortion and Roe versus Wade being overturned. Seems I don't know. Uh, get your sense on it. Seems like they overreacted and 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 misjudged that one. I, it seems certainly not to be in the news anymore. Now it seems like they're going to try um, to make of the uh, NRA a, a boogeyman, and the Second Amendment will be their cause. Is this what they are doing? Is this their strategy? And is it a good one? And I have this memory of, at least in campaigns past, Democrats running away from talking about the gun issue in election years because they aren't where the American people are. How how do you wrap all this together for us? Yeah, yeah. Because I I could be wrong about everything I I just said. (laughs) Yeah, no, no, not at all, not at all. Uh, Obviously, as you said, you know, Seth, I'd I'd be remiss, obviously, if we didn't start. Uh, it, It is a... Uh, you know, what happened is a, a horrible tragedy and, and frankly, uh, very disheartening as I, as I have seen a number of folks comment on that, that right away this gets pivoted into, uh, politics. Right. Uh, I believe, uh, by, by people on the left. And, and to your point, yes, I do believe that there is a, uh, there is a, oh my God, hair on fire, fire alarm fire mentality amongst, uh, folks on the left who are in charge. Uh, first it was, Abortion and many things before that. Then it was abortion. Now it's guns. Tomorrow will be something else. Uh, they're not sure where to camp out. They're not sure what to focus on. Obviously, we know anytime things like this happen, there's an attempt to move on, uh, on, uh, on, on gun laws and what that looks like. And again, always an attempt to demonize the, the NRA. Uh, they tend to be, you know, easy targets relative to what progressives think are easy targets. But but as you said, they're not landing. And I think it's causing the messaging to be so disjointed that the American people don't actually have a sense of what the plan is from the left, other than reacting to what is happening in the moment, even as serious or not serious as those things may be. That's not commentary on the fact that this was a horrible tragedy. Uh, and then they want to talk about guns. It just means that they are all over the place mm-hmm. and sort of they're driven you know, they're, by okay, crisis. Is, they're not in the business of solving exactly. them. They're in the business of being yeah. driven by yeah. them. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. There's no vision. Right. right? They right. criticize sometimes the right. You guys don't have vision. You're just not us and you're just opposing us. Well, heck, uh, there is zero vision coming from the left right now. Uh, zero vision coming from Biden. And now it's just, OK, what's the what's the crisis of today? Let's comment on that. 
and then we'll move on to, to, to the next thing. The issue of, of uh, gun ownership and the American electorate, uh, George, uh, is, it, is it wise in a campaign year to, to, to attack gun ownership, to go after gun ownership? Most Americans are either, uh, from what I have been able to assess in, in, in my limited life, is that most Americans don't want, don't want what Michael Moore is offering, don't want what Beto O'Rourke is offering. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. There's a lot of people in the United States, we all know from the statistics, and we know that there's obviously an exceptional underreporting because in this country you don't have to report in many places. Uh, if you have a firearm uh, and people have multiple firearms, there's an exceptional amount of people that, that do in states that are critical for Democrats to win, including here in Arizona and rural Arizona and even a lot of Maricopa and Pima counties, definitely in places like Pennsylvania and Ohio and some of these other places that they're hoping to uh, to make some noise. I think this is the interesting kind of line to walk. Uh, often on the left, things like this happen and they go right away to banning certain types of guns and doing this and doing that. Uh, I just don't know that that's ever going to be palatable. The thing that's a little bit tougher uh, to, to, to delineate in terms of public opinion on is they start talking about red flag laws and yep. some of these more nuanced mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. Those get a little bit dicier in terms of who's on the right side, wrong side of the voters. It depends on the state, depends on the way that you ask the question. Yeah. Frankly, it depends on how you carry out the red flag laws. Obviously, we know from from a Republican conservative perspective, <clears throat> you know, the pushback always is, well, what is this going to do with due process? But there are some Republican states that have some versions of red flag yeah, laws. Right. So this, right. That topic specifically is a lot dicier. And then, of course, we don't spend time talking about the mental health of individuals and, and some of the background. I always hesitate to comment on things until they've unpacked. There's a lot of stuff that was misinformation about what did or didn't happen. There's a lot of news that's coming out about, you know, how you know police weren't in there quick enough right. and different things and the dynamics of the individual who did this horrific crime. So there's a lot to unpack here still. Right. There is a lot. And I think part of the problem, at least for those that are going about this the way Beto O'Rourke is, and maybe even, you know, the leadership of the Democratic Party, is they is they really do want a, 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 a soundbite fix here on something that, as you pointed out, George, and that I think mature and so people as well as social scientists would point out, is, is very complicated. A, a tree came down, but we're not sure what exactly which which direction that fire came from and it might have been multiple fires coming in at that tree you know and and the democrats want to want a quick soundbite fix it's 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 there's no social science that backs any of that up factors having to do with family having to do with community having to do with mental health factors having to do with uh, the way the child was – I mean all kinds of things are at play here, signs that were ignored, signs that were yeah. missed almost every time. Almost every time there's an incident like this, almost every time the signals were out there. And it seems that isn't something that lends itself – none of the addressing of those issues lends itself to a quick political talking point or an easy political talking point that, say, a party like the Democratic Party one could seize on and run on, right? I don't I – don't, I also guess I don't understand – I don't understand the percentage in going after the Second Amendment in the sense of do they do it just because they think they have to? Because there is another side, speaking of things that don't make a lot of news, which is all the deaths that are avoided because of the Second Amendment. You know, there are millions of lives a year that are saved because someone brandished or used a gun in defense of themselves. 
A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I mean, look, there, there's a there's a there's a number of things there. The, the problem is, and and this, frankly, uh, and again, I always try to be, you know, uh, blunt when I kind of give my commentary and, and frankly, honest, right? Because yeah. you know, as we say in, in Arabic, nothing's true but the truth. So we got to speak the truth. Uh, we need to be able to talk about things like mental health and what what that. Uh, how that affects things like this, but we're not allowed to. If you're someone who does that, then you're demonized instantly uh, in terms of, well, you're missing the point if we just didn't have guns, right? I mean, it's almost to the point of like you literally the conversation gets shut down. That's not appropriate. We're already hearing things um, apparently from his father again yeah, yeah, that, that yeah. said what yeah, there were there were there were red flags. Uh, with this, you know, child he's struggling with mental illness and all that stuff. And he wasn't uh, yes, there, he, and the father was not there. He was not around. Yes. Yes, yes. And then, yes, sure. After he turned 18, he did he did go in and buy weapons. There has to be a way to, to figure that out. So there's some reasonable things that I think need to be worked on, but you can't even have the conversation of mental health. And, and that's ridiculous. There's no way that we do that. We also can't have the conversation of why don't our schools have school resource officers. Growing up, I had a, an armed officer at school because at the end of the day, we know that no matter what we do, there's still bad people out there that are going to do horrible things. Or uh, And we need to be able to protect our, our kids and so we need to have security measures. This school also didn't have a single point of entry. You notice a lot of schools around Arizona that have fences now. Uh, you know, that was something that got put in about 10, 15 years ago. It does not look like this school, even though they had a fence, there were multiple points of entry. There's a lot of things, as you said, that, that go into this. But the problem is we are told by the left that we can't talk about an entire category of them. And we only can talk about this similarly to what they did on abortion, which is, look, Roe's going to be overturned. Now, all of a sudden, what we're going to advocate for is unfettered abortion access. And you have states like California and companies like, um, you know, Uber, I think, that are driving people places yes. on their dime yes. to go get abortions. Yes. It's like, why do we have to go from zero to 100 without contemplating anything in between? I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. That's not how we can govern a, a functioning republic like what we have here in America. On that abortion front, too, by the way, you know, there's conventional wisdom and then there's the wisdom you have, the wisdom that people who know this stuff understand. And well, there's a break. Let me let me pick up on the conventional wisdom of abortion with you. If you can stay another segment, George, which is that most people are pro-choice. That's the conventional wisdom. It's not that simple. Uh, let me tee it up for you. And I'd love your response when we come back. So, for example, when Elizabeth Warren throws a tantrum about how the majority of America, the Supreme Court are, is uh, is working against what the majority of Americans believe on abortion. I don't know that she's right at all because her views of abortion embrace partial birth abortion. I've never seen a poll under 55 percent that supports that kind of thing. Could we talk about a little bit about that when we come back to? Absolutely. I'm Seth Liebson. He's George Kaloff. We will be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. George Kaloff is our guest. He's the managing partner at the Resolute Group and also the president at Data Orbital Consulting. Before I go back to that abortion issue for a second, uh, George, I wanted to—I meant to ask you one more question on the uh, on the Texas uh, situation. Uh, Beto O'Rourke uh, disrupting the press conference uh, two days ago, I guess it was now uh, in Texas. You know the scene I'm talking about. I said on yeah. air, I. I I, I don't know if I'm right. I said on air, you know, I don't know that he knows and I don't know that the Democrats know how obnoxious that was. I wouldn't be surprised if he actually had footage of that in a campaign ad for himself. 
I wouldn't be surprised. I wonder. I wonder what your your thought on this was. A lot of people said, "Well, that's the end of Beto O'Rourke." I'm not so sure. I, I you know, he's going to be supported by Democrats, and I'm guessing he may not have lost that many with that stunt. Yeah, I mean, look. I mean, one, our world is so polarized that there's going to be the portion of people that were going to vote for him that thought that that was so heroic, and then the other portion that was never going to vote for him that thought he was a complete lunatic. But frankly, he said way stupider stuff. He was the guy that said that they're going to go to the doors and take guns as if that's ever going to be a good idea or something that's going to happen without, you know, horrific consequences from from occurring. I mean, look, especially with someone like Governor Abbott, who has a head on his shoulders, uh, who's led a very prosperous state like Texas, who has responded to this very diligently, who is utilizing all of the resources from everything we can tell at his disposal to get to the bottom of what happens. Again, there were things that apparently that are unfolding that caused extra uh, a carnage in this that could have been avoided, frankly, uh, based on response times and people being told to stand down and different things that, again, they're still unpacking. So I want to be careful not to comment on. But specifically on Beto, we live in a world where there's crazy stuff that's said every day by so many people. I really don't know. In any given moment, you have to really outdo crazy to have it actually have an impact politically on public opinion. That's how uh, polarized, that's how desensitized uh, our people have become now with everything that's happening. Yeah, the polarization, there's, gosh, you know, I used to, you know, I used to, I used to dismiss it uh, up till about five or so years ago, really up till COVID. I used to dismiss it as, you know, you can't take politics out of politics. But I got to tell you, since COVID and really now, even before Texas, I mean, I I was at, I don't know, several, whatever, several social events at last week and not necessarily political ones. And people were bewailing, just knowing the business I'm in, bewailing the, the, the polarization. It just seems to be a different level and at a higher degree and 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 no way out. Uh, I, I suggested, you know, there are two ways out. One is tyranny. I mean, you don't have you don't you don't have a better way of getting unity than tyranny. You eliminate dissent. You eliminate dissenters. And, and, and the other way is a redounding to a common ethos that we can all embrace in the past, that would have been something about America, about America's founding. It seems increasingly difficult to obtain that solution, though, George, because we're trying to put a genie back in a bottle that's been smashed. I don't know what your thoughts are on it. I know we weren't. Yeah, we, it's I, probably not top of mind to you, but it's it's you and I. I think you hear it as much as I do, probably. Yeah, I I absolutely do. In everything that we do on a on a day to day basis, in the research work that we do at Data Orbital, this is the glaring thing. And and frankly, I wish I had a better answer because if I did, I'd you know I'd be yeah right <laughs> no right right right, right. successful than, than right. you know than, than I've been blessed to be thus far. But I guess I'll say it this way: uh, what I desperately pray for in politics is a leader that is able to cast a vision that allows us to transcend. The, the major problem that you that you articulated, which is we don't have a common blank, right. a common right. faith, a common belief in the in the integrity of America and in the beauty of America and what it means. Uh, people like me and you do me for different reasons than you, me because of my immigrant background, you because of the work that you've done. And, and the, me and because the of your immigrant you background. We have the same one, George. <laughs> you because of yeah. your immigrant you background know, and me because of your immigrant background. <laughs> we, you know, we used to have those common themes. We used to have a shared faith. We know that that Americans now, you know, not just aren't 
Christian find leaving that aside, they're, they're revolting against faith for various different reasons, which is exceptionally problematic. I mean, we have a major issue because we don't have common themes. We're, we're turning into a, you know, from a melting pot in a country that had a homogeneous vision to places around the world that are trying to cobble together governments uh, based on treaties and negotiations and things. And that hasn't been the way that America is. And so the only thing that I can think of is we need a leader to break through that. We need leaders to transcend that. We need leaders to cast a vision for where we need to be in 10, 15, 20 years. And we need folks to be willing to follow those leaders because you can't be a leader if you don't have people that are willing to be led by you. But we need them to cast that vision. That, I think, is the only way. We see glimpses of it today in people like DeSantis and others. That, I think, is the only way because to put the genie back in a bottle that has been obliterated and smashed into a million pieces is not going to work. We it's know it's, that. An, it's, we an, have it's to increasingly impossible. Paradigm. Yeah, no, it's increasingly impossible. Yeah. The race issue, which is, I think, being used to divide us so much, I've been making the point over the years, well, really only over the last two years, because this is when it became absurd, that, you know, one of the reasons we got a Civil Rights Act in 64 and one of the reasons um, we were able to end segregation in law and practice so successfully is because there was such a leader, Martin Luther King, who did something interesting that I don't think enough people appreciate. He rallied everyone around something everyone could rally around. All his speeches were going and taking us back to the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution. All of his speeches were when they were about civil rights. It was about, you know, cashing the promised check, the promissory note, and we could all get behind our Declaration of Independence and Constitution. And that, too, has been smashed. That, too, is gone. And that invocation of Martin Luther King, as you find increasingly, is also considered to be now, funny enough, racist. But that that was the magic there. That was that was the 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 secret sauce. It was going back to something we could all unify around. How many times were we told patriotism isn't political? It is now. Yeah. Yeah. Look, there's a reason why people like like my parents, uh, my father in particular, I chose to come to the United States of America versus going to France, where he had a lot of friends, or Australia, where there's a lot of Lebanese people. It's because of the dream that America offered. It's mm-hmm. because of the feeling that my parents got on subsequent visits prior to them moving here. Uh, people would 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 I hear on a daily basis that from people in Amer- uh, in Lebanon who would who would do anything possible yeah. <laughs> to come to the United yeah. States of America. We know what people yeah. are willing to do at the border to you come bet. to the United States of America, and yet people in America <laughs> are unwilling to yeah. see that. Yeah. It's like hope a- and optimism and opportunity, and that is absolutely and utterly ridiculous. And we do need leaders who can cast that vision, who can reawaken that feeling in the youth of today uh, versus invoking um, uh, hatred towards America, which is what uh, folks I think on the left are doing in the youth of today, to be able to turn this ship around. You and I are uh, friendly with a candidate for state legislature here named Vera Gibran, whose family is from Lebanon. She said one of the most poignant things I've heard this entire political season she said, I've lost one country. I'm not willing to lose another. Amen. I, I, you know, Amen. And that's, she knows what it looks like. You know what it looks like. George Kaloff from the Resolute Group and Data Orbital. You're the best, man. Thank you, sir. I hope uh, you and your family have a great, uh, well, that's the wrong way to put it, a meaningful and safe Memorial Day holiday weekend. Yeah. Same to you, Seth. Always good to be on. Always great to have you. Thank you, George. I'm Seth. We'll be right back.
Are you depending on your investments for your retirement income? The market downturns past several weeks can rob you of that very retirement income with the Fed's rising, raising their interest rates and Wall Street reacting with, with, with huge daily losses. Investments in retirement funds are losing money at record rates, which is why diversifying your investments with physical gold from the Midas Gold Group would be a very good idea as gold traditionally holds its value when economies fail. I recommend calling the Midas Gold Group to talk to them about safeguarding your wealth with physical gold. Don't wait until inflation or a recession completely robs you of your savings or liberal policies damage financial markets even further. Protect yourself and your family. Diversify your investments before you lose them with the Midas Gold Group. I have gold and silver from Midas Gold Group. It's the only company Seb Gorka and I recommend and thousands of you already know about. Veteran-owned Midas Gold Group. Check them out online at MidasGoldGroup.com. Then call them at 480-360-3000. Yes, we are heading into Memorial Day. Thank you, Mike Maricopa, for reminding us. Go right ahead, sir. Well, very good, Seth. The uh, First off, I want to give you a heartfelt thank you. You've always been very supportive of the veterans and the issues and never failed to uh, help carry that torch, and I appreciate that. Oh, well, thank much. you. Thank it's you. not hard for me. I'm kept safe, as John Stuart Mill said, because of the exertions of better men than myself. Yes. The This weekend, Monday, is Memorial Day, and the VFW have their biannual poppy drive. It's uh, You'll see them around in the big box stores and the uh, grocery stores out front and have a table, a display of about the Buddy Poppy Drive. I just want to say that uh, these funds stay local. They don't go to some national headquarters where they're dispersed and stuff. So these funds stay locally here. And a veteran, a disabled veteran or a veteran that hits a hard patch and can't make his electric bill or water bill or something like that, then he can go to his local VFW. Mm -hmm. And they don't just give that person the money. They go to the electric company and pay that bill directly Uh for the veterans. Wow. And I'd also like to say, if you're a veteran out there, I'd seriously ask if you could uh, join the Veterans of Foreign War or the American Legion, because then there's safety in numbers. And then when we go before Congress and get things like the GI Bill, the Montgomery Bill for Education, health care, VA loans, and all these other things, if there were only 10 or 20 vets that belong to some of these organizations, Congress wouldn't listen. But when there's 10 million people in these organizations, Congress has a tendency to to listen yeah. and sometimes a lobbyist or a good thing so you bet. very much Seth thank you very well Mike much thank you but hold on one one question for you before you leave you've been involved in VFW type organizations for a while it sounds like have you noticed at these meetings uh, either a um, a shrinking of the membership less people attending um uh, or 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 less 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 passion or has it really been about the same the reason i ask mike is growing up here at particularly in phoenix i heard about organizations like vfw all the time all the time uh i didn't even know what it meant the first time i if i heard it um it was just so common to hear about it uh and other veterans organizations i just don't 
you know, aside from this radio show in, in, in daily life, I just don't seem to encounter it as much as I do. I'd like to think that that's just me, but I don't know. Mike, what's your sense? Well, there seems to be, I don't know if a generational gap, uh, a lot of the people that made up the VFW for the longest time, because I think, what was it, there was millions of people that served in Vietnam, and all those people are getting into their 80s and they're passing on. It's hard to to imagine, but you're right, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so there there seems to be a fall off. And, you know, sometimes people come back from Iraq, Afghanistan, and, you know, they're trying to go on with their lives mm-hmm. and get their family going and stuff. So, But there are young people that are joining. It's a, a steady trickle, but Good. they're coming in. But, uh, yeah, it, I've seen it dwindle. There's not a loss of passion, that's for sure. But there's a loss in membership, and that's kind of why I try to m- mention that when I'm I'm home. glad you did. Thank you for uh, putting us back on the gear I wanted us to be on. I appreciate it very much. Thank you for your service as well. 602-508-0960. Any thoughts you have, the show is yours from here until 6. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show, 602-508-0960 is the number. Keith is in Atlanta. Hello, Keith. How you doing, Seth? I'm well, sir. How are you? I'm doing well. Uh, well, relatively. Relatively, well. yeah. I'm sad. Better than most. How's that? Better than most. I'm, I'm really sad about what happened out in Texas, and... Republicans are really partly to blame for this because when the Democrats focus on the guns, Republicans really need to start running commercials that say, why shouldn't our children, the common children, get the same protection as the Democrats' children's do in these elite schools that keep the schools closed and have guards there, too? I mean, it's just common sense that if you ha- if they had guards at these schools— and they had a secured measure to get in there to protect these children. These losers who go go through and shoot these kids wouldn't even think about it. Um, I, I have no disagreement with you. Uh, evidently, I mean, we're still learning about what happened here. And evidently, you know, there was a failure even of that level of staffing, right? Um, that's the latest we know, is that there were SROs, that there was an SRO that, you know, failed in the mission here. Uh, but, but Keith, you know, it's, it's so commonsensical. I mean, it's just so commonsensical that if your only defense against uh, an, an insane – mentally disturbed or evil person with a gun, if your only defense is a sign that says no weapons allowed or gun-free school zone, you are advertising that you are a soft target open for the business of violence. That's what you're advertising. And one of the most odd things to me during the, uh, during the troubles of 2020 was that, you know, the biggest – left-wing civil rights sort of movement in the country had a position that was to get rid of not only just the police in general and to defund them, but school resource officers as well. 
I thought, school resource office, how has that been a problem? Because they absolutely want these crises to keep continue, and they want want these children to be victims so that they can focus on the guns. And every time people say things, it's it's, it's the guns that are issue. I ask a person this: Where do you feel more safe? Would you feel more safe at a gun range where you could carry a gun, or would you feel more safe in a prison, a, a hardcore prison? where they have guards everywhere, but you have to worry about the people. Mm-hmm. And that's the real focus right there, and it brings it to the attention. It's not the gun, it's the people. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me ask you this, Keith, because I had a few callers yesterday, and I'm curious about uh, your sense of this. I had a few callers yesterday that were suggesting, you know, who knows what one thing may or may not have changed the situation here, but that perhaps it would be consistent, if not also reasonable, to at least raise the age of purchase for long guns or rifles, semi-automatics. Is that something you would consider or not really? I, in other words, I'm you have to be 21 to get a handgun. You know, Shouldn't you have to be 21 to get an AK? I, you know, I'm kind of ambivalent about that. Yeah. But you know what? It, it is a, I understand because... It's at least an inconsistency, right? I mean, at least it's an inconsistency of sorts. Yeah, because it seems to be these young kids that are doing that that have no purpose in life, that they they don't have a father figure, they don't have whatever. But there's some... It's not just the gun. There's mental illness, there's drug use, there's broken families. All of that right there. And then there's, you know, two years of putting children through the most heavy kind of stress I think we've ever put children through since World War II air raids. Yeah. You know, and, and I, the sad thing is because of that, that um, shutdown, yeah. we haven't seen the end of this. No. This is really going to spawn for many years to come. You bet. But, you, but you know, I, I, will, I will say this much. I, I have to admit this. If I was a kid and I was in lockdown, some of us would have adjusted well because I'm sure. fairly introverted. Sure. I would get into, you know, reading and yeah, and, yeah. I I, I I understand the sentiment totally, and some did. You know, some did do that. Yeah, but but the ones who needed some social interaction, I really feel bad for them because they are damaged. Yeah, and and, and 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 Fauci and the people like that. They sit back and they they feel no guilt. They wanted that to be no part of the conversation. None, zero, null, not, not, not. They wanted that to be no part of the conversation. They censored that conversation. They we had mental health experts addressing that issue. They censored them. That was not to be considered. Well, I now show you the times. Uh, Thank you, Keith. By the way, thank you very much. Mary is in Glendale. Hi, Mary. Hi, I really enjoy your your show, Seth. It's Thank been you. Great listening to you. I found you about a month ago. Oh, welcome. Thanks. Um, yeah. Hey, I, I'm really surprised that people are just now waking up to this as a problem. I mean, we could see this coming. At least I saw it coming years ago in the '80s. I graduated from the Midwest, Illinois, NIU, Northern Illinois University, and I predicted back then there would start to be shootings, and sure enough. Late in the 80s or early 90s, we had a shooting at our school, our university, where some students and a professor was shot. I mean, we are... are Mary, forgive me. Say again, what gave you the idea? What, what, what catalyzed the thought that, you, that there would, we would start to be seeing uh, 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 more shootings? What right. Was? There, was, 
there was more division in our. Yeah. In, okay. I grew up in the sixties. Okay. There was more division. Yeah. There was more hatred. Yeah. There was more a uh, quick to a violence. Yeah, a bitter culture. And the culture um, got embittered, vitriolic. Right. Yeah. The culture was really, right. really bad. Right. And now, and now our culture has created. Um, and I don't want to make a general statement here, but many people that are are just so full of hatred mm-hmm. and so easy to respond because oh, look at the video games they play. Yes. Call the Duty. You know, I mean, we have basically created a society that that that's the first thing they go to. Well, that there, celebrates no, violence. It celebrates violence. It okay. sells violence. It uh, it purchases violence. It, it glorifies violence. violence. Yeah. And and totally and and of course. These people are not brave to go pick on. I'd like to see them go enter a, a bar with a lot of adult uh, men in there. No, they're going to pick on the gun-free That's school right. zone That's where right. kids are totally unprotected right. protected, and, and they control the situation. That's right. So uh, we have to take control. We have to understand there's mental health. We have to understand what we've done to, to our kids and support them and help them through the times that they're going through right now. I don't envy them. I really don't. Uh, we have put them through, you know, a kind of several circles that of hell that even Dante couldn't have imagined in a society right. that, you know, had nothing but expertise and money. We are a society you know drowning in expertise and money, and we put them through the seven right. circles of hell. Thing, Seth, yeah. Yeah. What, two quick things. Yeah. You know, I worked in the schools when my, my kids are in their late 20s. You know, we talk about integrity and, and uh, all this character. Well, they're not seeing it in the adults. Nope. Uh, I blame some of the adults. I do, and the too. the second thing, I listened to someone recently give a, a little talk on the news, uh, One American News Network, and she basically said, we have the funding in the school. She's you from bet. New Jersey. But it doesn't reach the proper No, I, that's a huge problem. I had a candidate for governor, Karen Taylor Robeson, talking about that earlier uh, this week. We have children in adults' bodies. You bet we do. Investment opportunity. I want you to check out my friends at Y Refi. They're offering a fixed no load interest rate up to 10.25% for investors, all in a secure and collateralized portfolio. Y Refi is a due diligence approved firm run by really good people who are doing really well by helping others, and you can be too. Check them out at investyrefi.com. That's invest, the letter Y, then R E F Y.com, or give them a call at 855. 855- Three one six three zero eight seven. They're a local company. You can go visit them. They won't give you a sales pitch. They're just happy to be talking about what they're doing, and I don't blame them. If you're on hold, stay with me to the next hour. I just wanted to get this out. I said I would say something about fathers in Africa. Kruger National Park is South Africa's largest conservation area. We wrote in the Broken Hearth. Some almost forty years ago, it had many more elephants than the park could sustain. So researchers decided to kill off some of the adults and relocate some of the easily transportable children. These younger elephants were eventually resettled in Polanisburg National Park. All seemed well until a few years later, Polanisburg began to experience the unexplained slaughter of its white rhinos. Although the obvious explanation was poachers, this turned out not to be the case. When park rangers set up hidden video cameras, they discovered that young, hyper-aggressive bull elephants were harassing the rhinos, chasing them over long distances, and finally goring them to death with their tusks. 
This was extremely puzzling. Elephants, after all, are generally docile creatures and rarely, if ever, attack, if ever, attack other animals. But it turned out these orphaned elephants had developed into a band of marauding teenagers led by gang leaders. Normally, older bull elephants function as a civilizing presence to keep the young males in line. But these transplanted elephants, according to Gus Van Dyke, the field ecologist in Polanisburg, had no role model and no idea of what appropriate elephant behavior was. The solution was to transport to Polanisburg some older mature bulls, creating, in the words of CBS correspondent Bob Simon, the biggest big brother program in the world. Within weeks... Weeks, discipline was established and the younger elephants began to follow the older bull elephants around, imitating them and exhibiting good behavior and even seeming to enjoy the presence of their elder role models. Since that experiment began, no more reports of killed rhinos. There's something still about nature, folks. There's something still about nature and what it has taken thousands of years to learn and only about a generation to unlearn. That's why I say we need a great relearning. I'm Seth. We'll be right back. Monologue coming up and your calls as well. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. 